couple of weeks ago, I was supposed to get up and speak, and I told Dad, I said, well, I think I want to <laughs> give me another week to get up there. And he said, well, you know, in two weeks, you're going to have to fill in for me. I said, whoa. <laughs> I said, well, he goes, you can speak next week and then speak afterwards and fill in for me. And I said, well, yeah, let me speak, which was last week, to maybe try to knock some rust off because I hadn't spoke, <laughs> spoken all year. And uh, he's like, you know, there it is, Super Bowl Sunday. A couple of years ago, uh, I told you this before, but some things changed in my life. And I, t I told Dad, I said, I don't know what's going on, but I just feel different. Th things are different. I said, I'm not telling you to put me up in the stands. I'm not telling you to put me up in the pulpit. I'm just telling you some things are different. And he said, well, son, there's only one way to find out. So here you go. So here we are a couple of years later, and I wouldn't never dream that I'd be filling in on Sunday morning for him. But if the Lord be our helper, I'd like to consider the subject of works. Somebody ever ask you the question, do you believe in works? And most primitive Baptists are, since the time of the apostles, we do not believe in works. But if somebody were to ask you, that you, do you believe in works? The answer should be yes. See, the work that we believe in for eternal salvation is the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, the finished work. He says that a couple of Sundays ago, I spoke on the things that we should know. And Paul t tells Romans that, and we know, what do we know? We know that all things work together for good to them who what? Who love God. Here's a work that's being performed by God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. We definitely, most certainly believe in the work of salvation, on the finished work of Jesus Christ and him alone. He says, and we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow. Here's the first part of that work. God foreknew a people. He foreloved them. That's what that means. He foreknew them. He loved them before time ever began. He said, for whom he did foreknow, he also did what? Predestinate. He predestinated their, before time began, he set their destiny. You go out on a trip, you set your destiny where you're going. God, before time ever began, began the work of foreknowing or foreloving and predestinating those people to be conformed to the image of his son. For whom he did foreknow, then he also called. Sometime between your conception and your death, the Father will call you and draw you unto him. He said, for whom he did call, then he also justified. God justified you legally on the cross in Calvary. It was a finished work. When he said, it is finished, he finished all the work that the Father gave him to do. You can rest assured in that doctrine. You can rest assured in that work. You may do some work and you finish it, but it's just something else. It's going to have to be done at a later point. This is what we consider believing in the work of the finished work of Jesus Christ. So where does works come into play? How do works go about in our daily life? Are we to be a people of works? Are we to be a people that are 
uh, well-doing. He told the Galatians, he said, we should not be weary in what? In well-doing. There's one thing about Bethel that I have no doubt for the last 18 years that we've been, me and Sister Molly have been here, is that Bethel Church is a place of well-doing. We do a lot for charities, we do a lot, and by listening to the treasury report last week, if you were able to listen uh, to it and see what's happening with this church, the more that God gives us, the more that we are doing well-doing in life. It's a testimony to the goodness of God. It's a testimony for his goodness. He says, there's some things that uh, he tells the Ephesians. He says, these are things that are not by works. He says, for by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Salvation and, and faith are a gift of God. That's something that's given to you. It's not something that you produce on your own. It's not nothing that you can do of yourselves. That's what he's telling you there. He says, for by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. And then he says, if you miss it not being about yourself, because we have a tendency to miss some things, he says, it is the gift of God. He is not of works. So we have here, it's not of works, lest any man should boast. We are a boastful people, and I can tell you what, if I had the ability or the power to put myself in heaven one day, I'm telling you, it's not of works. It, I, I would boast. I mean, that is something to boast for. We should be boasting in the finished work of Jesus Christ, not in something that we can accomplish. He says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto what? Good works. We're created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should what? Walk in them. We talked last week about waiting on the Lord, serving the Lord, walking. He says that you want to renew your strength to mount up as wings, as eagles, to run and not grow weary, he says, and to walk and not faint. He says that these works that Christ has given to us, we should be ordained that we should walk in them. He tells the children, and he tells them in the book of Romans in 9-11, he says, For the children, being not yet born, neither having done any good works, it's not works in there, but this is what he's referring to, having done any good works or evil works, that the purpose of God, according to election, might stand. He says that the purpose of God, according, the according there means in harmony. That the, uh, It's in harmony with what? Election. God elected a people before the foundation of the world, and this is what it's in harmony with, that having them done any good nor evil, that the purpose of God in harmony with election might stand, what? Not of works, but of him that calleth. He tells Titus in chapter 3 and verse 5, he says, not what? Not by works. We've already heard that it's not of works. Now he's telling Titus, he says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according, in harmony with what? His mercy, he saved us. This is what it is. It's not a, by, by works of righteousness, but according or in harmony with his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he has shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs, what? in harmony or according to the hope of eternal life. 
This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain what? Good works. These things are what? Good and profitable unto men. These are what? Good and profitable. That we should be careful to maintain good works. Now, where do we start? You know, where, where, where's the good place to start and knowing what kind of good works? Uh, so we just go to the scriptures. What's he say about the scriptures? That all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is what? It's profitable. What is it profitable for, Brother Tim? It's profitable for doctrine. We need to know what we believe. Do we believe in the finished work or we believe there's something else that's going to go along with it? Do we have anything to add? See, I thought about this many a time when God said, I have all power both in heaven and earth. If man was capable of putting himself into heaven by anything he's performing, then he would have a little bit of power, whether God's got 99% and you have that 1% to get you across the pearly gates, my friend, it's, then he would, that verse, I have all power both in heaven and earth is null and void. He doesn't have all power. If you've got a little bit of power, he's got it all, or we do, and he's got it all, my friend. He says that it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto what? All good works. There are works that we can be doing that are good. And the scriptures is a great place to start. If you don't know the scriptures, then you're not going to be doing a lot of good works. They'll tell you exactly what we should be doing. Not only in the house of God, but unto those who, um, especially those in the house of God. He says in Matthew 5 and 16, he's, or 13, he says, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savior, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. You want to know a way that you can glorify the Father? Have others glorify them? Let your light so shine before them. Burn the candle, my friend. Light the torch. Sound out the gospel. Let them know what good things are happening at Bethel Primitive Baptist Church. He says... In Isaiah 40 and 31, he says, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak comfortably unto Jerusalem. That her warfare is over, that her iniquity has been pardoned. He says, For she has received double for all her sins. Not only does God accomplish salvation, not only has he paid the debt for you and I. You know that we sing the song, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. We owe him everything. He's paid the debt. But he says that they have received double for all their iniquity. God has not only paid the debt, cleared the slate, but he's put you in heavenly places. He's doubled, he's doubled down on you. He's wiped the slate clean. You're at ground zero. And he says, you have received double. That's how good the Lord is. That's how good he is to his people. Not only has he done that, 
separated our sins as far as the east is from the west. But he's put us in heavenly places. He's put us on a rock that we can stand on firmly. It's not shaky. It's something that we can take rest, that we can find when we let our lights to shine before men and may see our good works and glorify the Father, which is in heaven. In Acts 9 and 36, we hear about a young woman. Well, she's not young. I think she's older. Her name is Tabitha. By interpretation, her name is Dorcas. And it don't give us too much information about her, but what it does tell us about her, it tells us that she was what? Full of good works and alms deeds. Full of good works and alms deeds. It could have said that she was well thought of for her works, but it says she was full of them. They put out, she had got sick and she died. And they, some of the widows had come and laid them before Peter. They, some of the brethren there at that uh, gathering, they sent to get Peter to come. And then when Peter came to that town of, of Joppa, place where Jonah had set sail to Tarsus, and uh, I don't know, you know, some people are, well, what, what importance is that, you know? As people, we go around and we see a place and we're like, well, that's where we went to eat that night. And that's where uh, we got together that one time. It's a, it's a place of significance in the Bible. And here, and we have that, we do that all the time. And anywhere we go, we'll see something or we go to a special place. But this is where she is. And they laid out her coats that she had made for them. She was full of good works. She took care of those around her. And she had much alms, you know, alms deeds. Not only did she distribute her money and distribute, she was an industrious woman, but it says that she was full of alms deeds, you know, she was something to behold. And I, I tell you, I've been around a lot of people in my last 18 years. This is a, a wonderful place that has taken care of me over and over and over. Some of those people here at Bethel have passed, moved on, but I, I'm looking at a lot of them that's supplied anything that I've ever needed. Uh, we've been well blessed from the time we first got here. Me and Sister Molly had just got married and we got here and this family in the church, um, we wanted to get a Christmas tree and we didn't have nothing to put on it. <laughs> and uh, I remember this family just gave us all kind of decorations for Christmas and just just made the whole thing uh, so so good. It's a memory that people were well doing towards us, and uh, it'll last a lifetime. You you'll be amazed what you can do when you let your light shine and do for others. The Lord said. To, um, I remember one time I had. Worked, working a job and I changed, changed jobs and I thought I was moving up and it was a disaster. <laughs> I made less money that year than I ever have in my, uh, since I've been working. It was, I ended up having to get another job, a side job to try to make ends meet. I did my taxes that year and it was like, what is going on? Uh, and I remember this family reached out to me and Sister Molly around Thanksgiving and just kind of made the holidays come together. It was, it was something I'll never forget. And I could go on and on and on and, and on. 
But we're to be, not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, we shall reap, if we faint not, for to cast our bread upon the water, never asking if it'll return, because God, God's going to pay it back for you. He sees, he's not unrighteousness, forget your work and labor of love. God is not unrighteous to forget it. I'll forget a lot of things that people have done for me, and, uh, but God is not unrighteousness to forget your work, your work and labor of love. And sometimes it takes a little bit of labor and to love certain people, but God won't forget that. God will not. And Second uh, Peter 1 and 10 I'm going to read a little bit. Second Peter 1 and 3, he says, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partaken of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to your virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. Charity is love and action, my friend. We read in 1 Corinthians 13 and 1, Paul says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. We went and listened to my son play a saxophone in, in his little beginning band concert, and I... I honestly was expecting to hear sound and brass and tinkling cymbal, and they actually surprised me. Uh, a little funny story is that we uh, went to go rent our instruments, and there's all of these different instruments at different prices, and, and uh, they were like, well, the saxophone is going to be the most expensive uh, instrument to rent, and I'm thinking, we're not doing saxophone. And so he's like, put down the top three instruments you want to play because I can't put everybody in the same, <laughs> the same group, you know. And we got there to rent the instruments that night, and he gave Baker a card and said on there, saxophone. I was like, woo, <laughs> we should have had a talk about this, buddy. And uh, anyways, <laughs> he says, you know, though I could speak with tongues of men and angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, beareth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. 
Charity never faileth. Charity will never fail, my friend. When you see the person smile or the tears roll down their eyes, it's, you know, that Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, as a child, that's foreign, lang foreign language, I think. You know, you open, be at Christmas time or your birthday, and you open up your presents, and you just tickle pink, and just on cloud nine, and you're already thinking in your head, it's going to be 365 days to the... <laughs> This rolls around, and uh, but the older you get, and, and you have that feeling when you give to somebody, he said it wasn't. It's not bad to receive. I've been the recipient of many presents, of many gifts, of many things. He, he didn't say it was bad to receive. He just said it's more blessed. It's more blessed to give than receive. It's blessed to, to receive some things, but he said it's more blessed. And I think. You know and understand that when you give to somebody and take care of their needs, charity is something else. And he says, for if, if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. All these things that we're to be adding, diligence, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience. If he lacketh these things, is blind. All he can see really is his self. He can't see the better picture. He can't see those that are around him. If he's lacking all these things, then really all he can see is self. He can't see afar off. He can't see the better things that lie ahead. He says, and forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. We won't never fall eternally, my friends. We're in the hands of an almighty God. One whose love we can never be separated from, as Paul told the Romans. That's something that you will never have to worry about falling here in this life. Thank God. But you can fall away from the riches of God's glory. You can fall from the riches of a mighty hand, a providential hand, a hand that will lift you up above the shadows. My friend, he says, for if you do these things, you shall never fall. And James um, 2.17, we read that, We'll start in verse 16, James 2.16, he says, uh, well, And one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What doeth do profit? For all talk, walk, or talk and not walk, my friend, it is, it's not going to profit you anything. Be ye filled, be ye warm. What good is it? What doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. If you're not, a works are a manifestation of your faith. So if you're not doing, you're not really showing the faith that God has put it in your heart. 
he says, it's, it's dead. Your faith, if it hath not works, it's dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. The devils know that there is a God, and they just have a short time to mess around with us here in this life. And they're going to do it. They know who God is, and they know they have a short time, my friend. He says, but, you know, believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father, what, justified by works, when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham, believe God. It was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the what? The friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise also is not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. That should be enough for you to know that we're to, the alarm clock has went off. It's time to get up and go to work. There's work to be done in the kingdom of God. There is work to be done my friends, the, uh, John the Baptist was baptizing. He was in the Pharisees and Sadducees that came to him wanting to be baptized. And John the Baptist wanted to see meat for repentance. He wanted to see evidence of what? He wanted to see evidence of good works to a repentant life before he would even baptize him. But that's what he was looking for. He says he was looking for good works or evidence of a repented life. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, verse 3, he says, and they can, um, let's start beginning at chapter 2, Mark chapter 2, he says, and again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive him them, no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they came to him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born afore. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. When they had broken it up, they let the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins have been forgiven thee. Jesus saw their faith. What did he see? How did he see their faith? It was their works. They brought the man to the, to the right place. They brought him to the house where Jesus was. They lifted him up on the roof. They opened up the roof. They let it down, all for the welfare of their brother here. It says he was brother of four. And this is what they did. Jesus saw it. He rewarded it. 
I'm telling you. That is something else that he saw their faith, how blessed that day was to that man, sick of the palsy. It's what others did for him, and that's what we should be doing. We should be doing unto others as we would have them do unto us. It's better to give, more blessed to give than to receive. They received a blessing that day, you know, seeing him get up and high telling it out of there. What a day. What a day that'll be, my friend. I'm going to end in John 13 and 34. Jesus says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you. That ye what? Ye love one another. I love this church. I love coming to Bethel. I wouldn't go anywhere else. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Uh, loving people, God commanded us to love one another as I have loved you, that you love one another. He says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have what? Love one to what? Another. There's great love here, and I rejoice, but as people view our lives, what do they see? Does they see our good works and praise the Heavenly Father? Or do they see that us as hypocrites and just going around and playing religion show up on Sunday mornings, do what we got to do, and then back out into the world? You know, this subject of well-doing and good works is, I tell you what, it'll condemn you in a heartbeat. Where, where do I fall short? What am I not doing? Am I taking care of Timbo? Am I taking, looking out for the others, doing well? Because the Lord said, when we cast our bread upon the waters, he's going to return it. There's no doubt. There's not a question, my friend. Did they see us as people of faith, or did they see us as hypocrites and playing religion? Our works is either going to justify us or it's going to condemn us. We believe that the works of Jesus Christ paid it all all to him we owe. We sing the song, we'll wait till Jesus comes. Love that song, Brother Terry. We'll wait, we'll serve. We can do that to God's children and the people that are around us that see us, see our good works, praise their Heavenly Father. We'll wait till Jesus comes. And when he comes, we'll all be gathered home. God bless you. Thank you.